Hey there, Mando fans. It's me, Josh, head of the Twist of My Arm Network. And me, Jesse, frozen in carbonite and dragged along for the ride. And thanks for checking out Questing. You're going to hear us ask you to call in and contribute to the show, but unfortunately, it's already over. So don't do it. We recorded this show live, but now it's just a regular old podcast. That's right. The Mando is in the can. But if you want to be part of our next show, you can start doing that right now. Starting in January, we're going to be watching Firefly every Friday night, and you can join us live. Follow Twist My Arm on Facebook to be notified when we go live. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 508-93-TWIST about your favorite Firefly episode, and we'll play it when we get there. The Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch launches on Friday, January 15th, and you can find it wherever you're already listening to Questly. Speaking of, here's Questly. Wow, I tried. But it is time again. Welcome to the Movement Podcast, where we talk about movies, video games, music, and TV. This week, today, we are specializing in The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4. Episode 4. Wow. The Siege. Ah, I messed that up. But that's where we are at. Um, Today... Joining me, I have my co-host and friend. His name is Jesse. Here he is. Hello, sir. Oh, hello. Good to be with you, Josh. It's good to be with you too, sir. How's uh, how's 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 it hanging up up, up in up north? <clears throat> hanging well in the north. Not too bad at all. It's uh. The end of another week, and for most people, I think next week is short, so that's something to be thankful for, and yeah. New Mandalorian, so. Yeah, yeah, and you know, everyone's happy about The Mandalorian, right? I would think. I hope. Gosh, it was, it was a pretty good episode. Um, we actually have another special guest with us today. Um, he called in on the show... Uh, last week and there were some technical difficulties because i still am trying to get used to being a podcaster Eh, but his name is ricky he's right here how are you doing hello i'm doing good happy to be here yeah thanks for coming back even though last week was an epic fail on my part okay josh (laughs) everybody learns the only way to get better is to fail and then learn from those mistakes. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Um, Sorry? Here we are to learn. Yes, yes. And I'm so glad that you came back. Um, I'm excited to talk about this week's episode of the show. This is like my favorite part of the week right now. Like I'm, I work on Fridays too, so I'm just like hustling to get out because I want to run home and change into the <laughs> the Chewbacca outfit and talk about the Mandalorian. God, um, you're such a nerd. God, no, <laughs> whatever, man. It all started on Halloween, and That's I just true. decided to. To run with it, you know, because why not? Jeez. That's um, what Chewbacca would do. Right. <laughs> anyway, like I said, we are the Movement Podcast, uh, where we specialize in movies, videos, music, and TV. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and pretty much anywhere you use social media. 
search for movement podcast. Um, you can also email us anything at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com and visit our website, twistmyarmpodcast.com for all your latest news and updates for the show. Um, but let's get into this. I feel like there's a lot to talk about with this week's episode. Um, like I said, it's season two, episode four, The Siege. It was directed by Carl Weathers, which is pretty cool. I think it was his first, this was his first episode directing. Yeah, I did um, it was, yeah written by John Favreau, of course. Uh, music by Ludwig Gorenson, of course. And there were a ton of guest stars in this one. Um, the biggest one that comes to mind was Horatio Sands that played uh, Mithril. He was the, the blue guy. I could not figure out who that was. Okay, so just right away, yeah. um, here are some names that I came up with him uh, for him because I couldn't tell who he was. Uh, Space John Candy. <laughs> um, but then he kind of started acting like Space Newman. So I was like, okay, Space Newman. <laughs> but then I tried to think more contemporary. So I was like, Space Jonah Hill, maybe? Like He feels like he would be played by Space Jonah Hill. Um, and then of course, you know, Trekkie and me said he's just a blue Ferengi, so he doesn't Ooh. need a name. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think Space Newman or Space Jonah Hill is what I would go with. But that's cool to know that it's actually Space Horatio Sands. Yeah, I like uh, I like I like Space Newman. I think that's great because <laughs> you um, can totally picture the Mando going Space Newman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, there were a couple other uh, characters that were in it, but they're not really that crazy popular. You had uh, Paul Lee as Captain Carson Teva, kind of reprising his role from episode two and last season. Katie O'Brien was the comms officer. Um, she is in Black Lightning and Westworld. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much about it as far as popular. Ryan Powers was the alien worker. And he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and How I Met Your Mother. But hmm. that was about it as far as um, special guests go, I guess. So, so was he in two TV shows where they featured him as a human? And then the next time he got a job, somebody was like, just cover that all up. All of it. I don't <laughs> see any of it. <laughs> like eight pounds of makeup on that guy. <laughs> Probably. He must not have a good agent. <sighs> you know, but, I, I yeah, feel like that... that... Like, he, he continues this trend of like like comically bad untrustworthy aliens right like are you talking about alien, the alien yeah the guy that put the, oh, yeah, yeah. On his ship, the mechanic yeah. or whatever he kept looking yeah, at the yeah. camera like i'm shifty it's like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know part of me wonders like is that because it's for kids too like it, it probably is right but like i could have done without that I feel like I had to tell myself that a lot this episode that Star Wars is made for kids. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of things that I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, what's what's happening there was here? A, there was a lot of stuff where I found myself saying that same thing of like, I feel like I could have done without that or I don't care about this part. Yeah, weird the weird yeah. Exactly. exactly. No point. Except like to they just—it was like Star Wars and Disney, right? Yep, exactly. It was a very—it was a really good animatronic. Like it, it was very well done as a practical effect. It looked like a practical effect. Um, mm -hmm. But they set up like some kind of story with it, like when she goes in and she's being like Cara Dune Aladdin, 
right? And she's like, I'm going to steal these apples, Abu. And Abu's like, okay, but can I have some too? And she's like, here you go, buddy. So yeah. I just, it, there was a lot about it that was kind of, I, I, yeah, we'll talk about it at the end. But like overall, I'll just preface this whole conversation with I'm not super hot on this episode, personally. Um, I don't hate it. I'm with you. I'm with you on was, that, for sure. Yeah, it was kind of, I guess you would call it filler, right? If you were using the, <sighs> the which again, they it, should not have in an eight, in an eight episode season. <laughs> Well, it is, but it isn't filler. I feel like, and we'll get into that. And I just want to, I just want to point out. I want to, I want to say first, this is a spoiler-heavy thing that we do. Um, so, if you're watching this right now and you haven't seen the newest episode of The Mandalorian, don't don't watch this. Don't just go watch the show and then come back because we'll still be podcasting by the time you get back from watching the show. So, spoiler warning. This is your final warning. Spoiler alert. Okay. All right. Um, so episode opens up. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll just, just kind of go, go on with the little recap. I, I like to do the recaps and then talk about shit as we're doing it. Um, but why, why was he, why was he trying to let this kid deal with like electric stuff at the very okay, beginning? So that was very baby group, right? Like, Yes, okay. yes, I that's do in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Do the fun thing, be funny, you can't understand me, but you're like super powerful and you might save everybody. It was like R2D2 working on the ship and then exactly. blasting across the room. If yeah. R2D2 had ears, it was like but I do what I did really appreciate is that when he got electrocuted, he didn't go flying. Like that yeah. at least <laughs> pulled back a little bit on the physical comedy and just had uh, which was really yeah. good um he did he did cough up the smoke too which was pretty funny and do that little like right. <laughs> so i it i did write down pretty adorable yeah I, I wrote baby group vibes i'm a little bit surprised actually that they did not take the opportunity to have the child dance to a jackson five song i think it would have fit thematically with the episode so <laughs> it's just a missed opportunity and if at some point we get a hold of this we should like edit that in right like an animated like a thing where he's jerking back and forth on the screen because it's like a looped footage what about our own animatronic where you just press a button and there's baby yoda that does its thing this is already too much effort like i can't that's my problem like i need to be able to license ideas I, i can't build prototypes well, okay. and you could you could use some of the scenes from the end of this episode. I know we're going from the beginning to the end, but where they're flying in the ship and he's like got his hands up. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that see, that's perfect. There you go. So yeah. one of us yeah. that is not me should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be me either. Sorry to say, I'm I... gonna no. It's okay. Uh, it's but I think we can all agree that it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I would definitely agree with that. Um, I did. I did enjoy that kind of i don't know it felt kind of forced this whole episode felt kind of forced with a lot of things <laughs> um i feel like um, <laughs> I, the next thing i agree with you 100 percent. the very next thing i have written in my notes is i want every spider face alien to die <laughs> and thankfully the show was like so do we so i really appreciated that because that was not that was one of those aliens that you saw in the old star wars where you're like Okay, that makes this 
a certain level of a little too realistic. Like, I could deal yeah. with being in space. I could deal with space wizards. I could deal with space cars. If You're talking the the Aqualish, I think is what their what their species is called. You're welcome, Aqualish is what it is. What? Whatever. Yeah. What? <laughs> whatever. Like not. <laughs> Not at you, just like, why is that the name? Like, who cares? Anyways, <laughs> I remember as a kid watching Star Wars and being like, oh, the spider face guy is actually kind of scary. Like, I would not want to run into that guy. So right. as soon as I saw a bunch of them, I was like, I really hope somebody kills all of these characters. Right. And, you know, I don't know if she killed them all, but she did uh, incapacitate all of them and definitely killed a few of them. So that was uh, good to see. <laughs> and that that was a fun scene i suppose i i did really enjoy the scene too like right before they bring cara dune into it i really liked mando lifting up his helmet to drink his like soup or whatever and uh the child like being super curious and like really trying hard to like look at his face you know to be like hey man why are you so shady yeah (laughs) yeah look man how long we known each other right like yeah at this point (laughs) <laughs> just show just show me your face man come on it's, it's not that bad voiced, whoever voiced carl for aqua teen should be the voice of baby yoda when he finally speaks like, yeah i think that's the only plausible way that that could be satisfactory when he finally speaks i'd, I'd probably have to agree with you on that for sure because if they give him a voice it's gonna suck or it's gonna be just yoda's voice but you know whatever well i hope they just keep him as a kid forever i I did notice that in this fight scene, there was a lot of like um, lifting characters over my head because I used to be a wrestler style fighting. Yeah. Like, oh, I spin you around quickly and then shoot you. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and and this this scene too was like not as cool as it should have been. I feel like, you know, yeah. I mean, the action scenes up until now have been solid. They've well, they've all been. Because they took all the time to show you, like in the last time on the Mandalorian, they showed you like <laughs> that collage of her like doing all the stuff, or the montage of her doing all the stuff, and she's like using that giant machine gun, and she's got all this great training, and she's got like right. a, um relatable cause, and she's you know on the right side and everything. Um, and then they try to give her the saloon scene, which is like a classic scene that you get if you're a marshal in a western, right? Right. And she's like. I'm going to do this like 1940s Western style where I'm just going to punch everyone a couple of times and call it a, a saved town. Like, okay. Yeah. Like you didn't make any arrests. You didn't scare anybody off. You didn't like shut down some operation. You were just like, this room is less people in it now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and that's, that's weird too. Like they just, how long, has the Mandalorian been gone from that well, place? And why, like, and why does everybody need to be a marshal this season? This is the second marshal that we've run into in four episodes. Like, yeah, of some outer rim city that nobody cares about anymore. So at some point, right, the crew of bad bounty hunters from the first season will come back, and then Mando will have to marshal all his friends who are marshals to go fight them. <laughs> It will be a marshalling of the marshals. Oh my god! For, I can feel like that's the only reason they would call that many characters a marshal, right? So that at the end he'll do something where he turns to them and goes, "Marshal," and like seven characters go, "Mando," 
like, all at the same time. <laughs> but it has to be oh, Mando and the Marshals. That's they're setting up a a band like a a vocal band. What's up, Denver? Quartet. We're Mando and the Marshals. No, I think of it more of like barbershop quartet. Um. Did did you guys notice the IG eleven statue? No, it's very brief. But there's an IG eleven statue in the episode. Um, yeah, Cara Dune. This whole I don't know. She seemed bored to me in this episode, or like she wasn't really. I mean, there was a couple scenes where she seemed like she was having a good time, but even this fight scene in the beginning, like it just again it just seemed so forced like oh okay so okay. i don't wrestling moves okay I, I got a couple of things here like four things i don't know how many things it depends okay. on until i get cut off but um she is um to me like i don't know anything about her i don't know how much acting class that she's had or anything like that um you can definitely tell she's used to like a certain kind of show business when she's on the screen I think like she's mm. very good at turning into the camera with that one angle with her hair where it makes her face look like very model like and like yeah. lit yeah. and she's good at like posing for scenes I guess um, but I don't feel anything when she speaks like not in a um I don't mean to be like she's bad or anything. It's just like I, as an actor, she doesn't work for me. And I think that comes across in this episode repeatedly. Additionally, on top of that, I don't necessarily think it's her fault. It might just be a bad character that we kind of don't mean. Like, well, I would agree with that. I liked in the, in the first season though, she had more speaking parts and you felt a little more empathy for her for, the whole like re- what she was the rebellion thing and like got right. got they, had her whole command get killed or something and then right. they and tried that like, in this one at the end where they were like oh weren't you from alderan and i was just like ugh, really <laughs> here's the thing like her her arc in this episode like on top of her arc from the last season was already satisfactory <clears throat> like yeah she became a selfless person who goes around enforcing the rules in this town that was lawless and she's helping people out all the time. like that's uh that's good enough for me that somebody right. who lost everything would just go you know what i'm gonna give back and that can be the character there doesn't need to be like but i also really wish i was back on the force no pun <laughs> um and like also isn't did you lose anyone? The single dumbest question you could ask anyone from Alderaan? Biggest like, eye roll ever. Is that, is that like, did he, did that character do that on purpose to be like, hey, remember everyone that you know is dead? Because if yeah. that character's like, if that character's trying to manipulate her into rejoining or something, then that line makes sense. But they didn't really indicate that. They were just like, he wishes that she would join. And then also seems a little stupid like yeah and like how do you think like what do you think she's gonna say like oh no everyone was off planet at the time and uh, they all survived we all our family's on coruscant and i go see him every christmas like what the fuck did you think she was gonna say oh we were Come actually on, man. all around two so we just, <laughs> we heard 
about it, but we weren't there. Yeah. I, yeah. It, so for me, okay. So for me, I, I don't necessarily fault the actress, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because I don't really feel like she was given a whole lot to work with because the character is Poor like just a version. Yeah. <clears throat> and the character is just a version of a lot of other star Wars characters and that right. being like, yeah, I really want to help, but, uh, kind of have my own thing going on. It's like, that's, that's every character in Star Wars, including the Mandalorian. So it's like, right. you need to diversify your character types at some point and give me something that isn't that and give me something that isn't, let's make the wrestler wrestle people. I, and, I, <laughs> and I fully understand why they would do that, right? Like, I get it. But as a, as a casual fan who's like, not that I'm like, waiting for the show to disappoint me it's just like every once in a while i get reminded that star wars has some hokey stuff in it that kind of breaks my immersion not that that's yeah. not present in other things it's just like i feel like with star wars it's just consistent like they'll be going on this great role and somebody will be like you know here's our jar jar moment or yeah. whatever it happens to be is that like is that you guys' version of jumping the shark <laughs> kinda I, I feel I don't know I feel like you can really tell the rookiness of this episode you can tell that it was a rookie director in Carl Weathers someone who hasn't really directed anything ever you yeah. could tell Cara Dune uh, what, what's her name Gina whatever her name is yeah you could tell she's not much of an actor you know you, she's a she's a fighting actress like she can right. fight and do that sort of stuff but well, when it I, comes to being serious and trying to move along on a story base it, it just doesn't seem to to work for her like when she um, when she threw the the blue guy space newman into cover like they're trying to run away and get into cover before they get blasted or something when that thing is exploding and she's mm -hmm. like very very awkwardly like Picks him up by the shoulders and like moves him across the camera and is like <laughs> oh did you did you see her run and did you see how yeah. awkward it was her running on camera <laughs> and like i'm not gonna fault anybody for that because if i had to run on camera it would look stupid as hell but like uh, yeah but you could definitely it see it just, yeah and it was one of those things where i'm like i get like we don't i don't think there's a lot of, is there a lot of people that are like you know, I really like wrestling, and I would like Star Wars, but it doesn't have any wrestling in it, so I don't really want to watch it. And then yeah. somebody was like, well, did you hear who's in the new Mandalorian? And they're like, oh shit, now I'm a Star Wars fan. Like, I don't think that's happened maybe even more than three times ever, right? I think some people watched Sasha Banks last week, because she's a wrestler, I believe. Hmm. The, um... The oh, girl, yeah. the girl that was with Bo Katan, yeah. Right. I also think the uh, Cara Dune character has a lot of appeal to some of the younger Star Wars fans, maybe the 15, 16 year old boys. Are we, oh, you know, that. he's drawing in a lot of them, where they're not so concerned about her acting skills. That's true. That probably makes a lot of sense. I just. I don't know. It's one of those things where in a show called The Mandalorian, it's 
an interesting choice and I guess a ballsy choice to have like 20 minutes of a 48 minute episode not have any Mandalorian in it like he was gone for a minute and I, I understand that they kind of did that to me it kind of makes it work right it makes the plausibility of him just showing up with a vastly superior ship kind of work because it's like oh yeah he has been gone for a while he when he gets here he better be ready to go <laughs> like but to make me spend time with characters that aren't the Mandalorian on a show called the Mandalorian for as long as you did in an episode as as long as it is in a season that's as short as it is feels like an mm. interesting if not outright incorrect choice for me personally yeah and that that's where the filler part of this comes in because uh i again with the side quests man yeah. like I, I think I think I said it last week on the show. Like we were probably gonna head into episode four, and it was gonna be some sort of side quest to get his ship fixed. And lo and behold, right. he lands on Navarro. And <laughs> I did write that like, Josh called it. I was like, "Good call, Josh. You got it right." I've, uh, um, <sighs> it, uh, I, I will point out um, when he first gets there, he like goes to lower the ramp, and it stops part of the way. And that I think. <laughs> goes back to what you were saying last week Ricky about it being kind of firefly like everything is broken it doesn't work it's like it also made me think of that scene in Rick and Morty where he goes check out the slow ramp Morty (laughs) but it but it stopped halfway and I was like okay that makes the Rick and Morty joke even funnier actually but um, I, I also like that he gave the the predator handshake Carl Weathers did like that arm grasping handshake when they first met, I was like, oh, that's that's a nice call. Um, yeah. And I I also thought it was kind of weird that like, well, okay, as far as the side quest goes, I, w- I did point out, I wrote down in my notes, the quest music, the quest chime, like, you've been given a quest played immediately when she goes, here's a map of the planet. It goes, ka-ching! ka-ching. <laughs> like the music started playing in the background, and I was just like, this is actually just an RPG. This is just somebody playing a really good RPG. <laughs> like, Oh man, and then hey with it. I, I feel like they in my notes I said I'm surprised there hasn't been a video game made yet, but they don't need to make a video game. They could just turn this yeah, this just watch this with a controller in your hand and you can act like well, you're like playing I was it. saying I think in the week one or two, I think it was week one, it's very Witcher E. Like if you played the <laughs> yeah. third Witcher game, which again I know you haven't, but it feels that way where it's, it's... like You'd be if they made a game out of it, you wouldn't be able to just like kill random townspeople, right? Because uh, the Mandalorian would do. That. So you'd be role playing as him, not as just some random character that gets to do it. Right. Um. So it would work well, and you could put constraints on it that would make sense story wise. But I, yeah, I think I agree that I don't think they need it. I did really like that in the uh, the school that Cara Dune built out of uh, gangster bones or whatever it was. Um, yeah, yeah. It had. There was a little girl there with Ray's three uh, bun knot hairstyle thing. Oh, I, I don't know how I didn't notice that. That's interesting. Oh, I, I don't know how you didn't that. either. How many times did you watch the episode this week, Josh? I only I only watched it twice this week. I only had time for twice. <laughs> I know. Well, I also like wasn't really into this episode. But I mean, that scene was fun because they were. It was like yes. I don't, I don't care about Carl with. I don't care about the Carl Weathers character or the Gina Carano character, but the Mando and the child are still here. And, you know, they're in school. That's pretty funny. Right. And 
weird to have school in Star Wars. Like, what do you teach? Yeah, and it's <laughs> curse. It's interesting. It's well, it's it's called basic, but I'm pretty yeah. sure the writing is called regular. Um, when they, it, it it might be an interesting commentary, or it's like they had a chance right here to do an interesting commentary, right, by having the robot tell one very specific version of history. They could have had the robot be like, and then the evil empire was defeated by the glorious rebellion whatever you know so that it's like okay look this is how cultures that are raising their children get to dictate how those children view history they could have gone ahead and made like a nice commentary with that but they were not they were like here's a robot pointing at a screen and here's the child stealing neko wafers which is great but doesn't really further the story in any way well i think i want to see him steal those neko wafers from that kid so yeah that kid was kind of a dick yeah, but that's what you get <laughs> no more Neko wafers. Yeah, uh, I I think because they're on the outer rim, because the protocol droid was just teaching about like space travel, and yeah, I feel like how to go places. So I, I feel like on the outer rim and those planets, they don't really get involved with you the empire. To, you don't go to college in the outer rim. You go to vocational school, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. here's how to work a speeder. Here's how to run a moisture <laughs> yeah. evaporator. Is how yep. to become a marshal at any given desert town you feel like. <laughs> uh, they they teach um, the uh, Tuscan Raider sign language, which is simultaneously silent and screaming. It's it's yeah. a good school. I mean, oh, man. Of, of all those hives of scum and villainy, it's one of the best schools in the town. Right, and. Ricky, you know, jump in whenever you want to say anything or you have whatever. I, Jesse and I like to just go on rants, so you know, don't yeah. don't feel like you have to be quiet the whole time. Just just jump in whenever. I know. Sorry. <laughs> What's just part of how I am? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I just um, I didn't have what? any any more notes until they get to the base. So you guys, okay, okay, right. so. <laughs> The what did I call those things? The Nilla wafers, um, Nico, blue Nico? Uh, just blue milk wafers, I guess. <laughs> For real, yeah. Because <laughs> that's probably what they would call it. But uh, well, that's that's what they're setting up. Right, right, and the, even in my notes, also that kid was a dick. He deserves to get his blue milk <laughs> wafers forced away. Why wouldn't he share this... with the new kid? Yeah, and like he kept looking at him like I might share with you. Maybe I'm gonna share I'm not gonna share with you. No, I feel like he kept looking at him like he was suspicious of something. Like he was like Oh, was it racism? Like was it because he was an alien? Maybe. Most, most of the other kids in the class were humanoid. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. It's possible since he was so <laughs> much more adorable than any of those other ugly kids in that class. Maybe that's what the jealous. protocol was up there teaching. She was like, we can't have any aliens on this planet. So <laughs> aliens get here, they're going to take your speeder driving jobs. They're going to work on your moisture farms. Like, There's going to so be nothing kid, left. Yeah, so the child sits down and that kid is like, they told me they would come. <laughs> So they're force healing. Maybe Yoda, baby Yoda, force poisoned that kid. 
Oh, he should have. I actually, I was kind of hoping that he would hurt him, right? Like, not because I wanted to see a kid get hurt, but because I wanted Baby Yoda to do something bad. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, because like, show that he still sucks at boundaries, right? Like, the kids start like, <laughs> and the teacher's like, um, um, excuse me, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did kind of like breach the boundaries though because he stole the cookies from him he took that whole package from him he, he had it later episode, on in the episode if i can tell the theme of this episode seems to be that it's okay to steal as long as you're justified so because <laughs> he steals well he steals that um they go to steal well they were gonna steal some weapons from the base but instead that's kind of a that. major theme for star wars though is isn't it they still, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. pillage, pillage yeah. everything. Plans for you can take from are... because they're yeah. bad. So take from them. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. And it's again, it's all about a certain Walmart. point of view. <laughs> yeah. Oh so God. it's, I, I don't know, man. Like he steals that. Uh, they steal that truck. You know, because they have to. Yep. Um, it's just there's some stuff. I mean, it's there's some stuff in in this episode that gets stolen. I really thought that um, Carl Weathers had stolen a vape pen when he was like, "Here, take this again." Oh yeah, like, the like lock thing that they use later. I was like, what, <laughs> "Why are you stealing a vape pen?" Like, I mean, I know That's why rude. you're stealing a vape pen, but like, why would they put that in the show? <laughs> like, um. But you know, and then and then they didn't, so that was good. Um, I I did call the falling stormtrooper. I mean, that was that was telegraphed like a mile away, right? Like mm -hmm. he flew up, and they're trying to unlock the door, and Space Newman is like, "Do you know how difficult this is to do this without my glasses?" And then the stormtrooper <laughs> hits the ground. It was pretty good. I, I'm glad that they let me have that they let me call something for once. Because last time I tried to call something, it was a wampa, and then it turned out to be that giant. Uh, uh, hanging spider, spider thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, I said Wampa too when he was walking in there. I was like, "Oh my god, it's gonna be a Wampa!" And then it was that frog lady with her eggs, and I was like, "That's not a Wampa!" And then it turned into a spider. But yeah, um, I did want to point out immediately when when Mando uh, lands on the planet and they assign uh, the aliens to fix his ship. And the red alien looks back like immediately it's I, in my notes, evil red alien doing evil red alien things right. like, of course, it's the empire like, has spies there. Like why? It's yeah. just so obvious. It's like taking the Falcon from Imperial occupied cloud city and then being surprised that it was sabotaged. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, does the empire just corner the market on bribing mechanics? Like, just part of the training. Like when you become a moth, they're like, "Look, man, I think you're ready to for moffery, but it's for, or probably moth ship, right? Like you're this close to moth ship, but the yeah. thing is, you haven't bribed a single evil mechanic in like an eight year career here. So, what need you to catch up? You're like, do you do you know what it is to be imperial? So. It, but again, it was one of those things where I'm like, they must have telegraphed it, right? Because part of their audience is children, which is okay. It's just that I don't need it, and therefore I'm upset with it. 
here's the here's my overall thing. Okay, I'll just give you my my very overarching view yes. of this. The thirty thousand foot view. I hate that term. I'm sorry. My thing about this episode is that it's a really good lore dump episode, right? Like you actually get a lot of lore in this episode, um, which we'll cover once they get to the base. There's a lot of spoilery lore type stuff that we can talk about. But right. they give you a lot of that really good juice and you're like, okay, yeah, that's really good. But to get there, they make you slog through the most cardboard, basic, mm. rigid, unpleasant, like boring white bread version of Star Wars ever, which yeah. is most of Star Wars, if I'm being honest. But like Mandalorian doesn't have a track record for that. So I think I'm willing to give this episode for that. But they make you slog through all that just to get the good stuff. But yeah, which is like it's, it's only stuff, about a minute of good plot, though. You don't see a lot. You get a ton of lore over the course of this entire episode. Yeah. That's and true. the payoff at the end with Mando's ship is really juicy. So yeah. it's like the juice in this instance is not worth the squeeze. But I guess mm. I'm not mad that I squoze. <laughs> Squoze. watch tv like i <laughs> like i'm not mad that i watched the episode right like i didn't finish it and go shouldn't have watched that waste of time like i didn't feel that way about it so right um but i did when you feel have to like, kind of expect that with this show too right you have to understand that there are going to be some episodes that are more geared towards a younger audience and this episode was so aimed towards the kids you you know you oh. have you have you know Yoda being bullied in school and having to be the new kid in class. You have the the blue alien kind of being funny later on. You you have Cara Dune being a badass woman to for all the girls to look up to. Like you have everything in this screams. This is the episode for kids. No, no, no. You know what? Everything in this episode screams, Josh. Merchandising. Money is in the merchandising. We can sell a new Mandalorian ship. We can sell a new Star Cruiser or whatever they're called. What are they called? Star Destroyer. Star Destroyer. We can sell this cool tank vehicle. We can sell this little ferret, ferret thing. And what we'll do with that ferret thing is we'll buy all those stupid ferret chasing a ball toys from back in the mm -hmm. 90s. And we'll mm -hmm. just make them look like this one and write Star Wars on the ball. And it'll be $30. So yep. this was their pre-holiday. Here are all of our toy options. Let's see who's the most popular after this episode comes out. We'll make some toys and we'll make some freaking money. And it's awesome you say that because I, I feel like there was some references to toys in this. And uh, Hasbro, they, like they do, they spoiled the big reveal of Moff Gideon's Star Destroyer, which wasn't a huge reveal. It was a cool looking ship. It was a different looking Star Destroyer. It was much more retro. I feel like Star Wars retro as far as like, oh, guys, it looked like on. an old clone trooper ship. No, it looked, it looked like Mega Maid from Spaceballs. Oh my like, God. You're absolutely right. Where it was it? Forever what? to fly over <laughs> the camera. It was like, yeah. okay, it's getting a little long now. Okay, why is it still yeah. going? Like, yeah, and you're then, right. Like, all the different shapes on it. And then at the end, it's like, also 15 jet engines. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yeah, but, so, but they revealed that on a toy, uh, like a toy box earlier. And so they are definitely gearing up to do the 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 merchandising. I mean the 
the child toy behind me, I ordered in March and it just got released and now you can buy it in stores. There's all these new toys that are coming out for this. So, so maybe you guys are well enough versed in Star Wars lore to answer this for me, but are Star Destroyers meant to have like atmospheric flight as well as space flight? Because it seems improbable yes. that this would be like an atmosphere. Oh, really? Yeah, because because when you watch it in like uh, Clone Wars and stuff, you can see the Star Destroyers like in the atmospheres and like on like in the planets, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Rebels, they do the same thing. There's Star Destroyers oh, on the planet. Just, like, yeah, okay. They, just, I've, you can see them on the ground sometimes. There's some episodes where they're like landed on the ground, and hmm. I don't know that. Well, I only ask because I'm like, shouldn't it not matter how many jet engines you have in space as long as you can jump to hyperspace? Like, well, I feel like the jet engine thing is like the same as someone having a big truck. <laughs> they're just they're showing what? that people who have big trucks are dicks and. <laughs> and Imperial people that have more jet engines are dicks. It's like left engines. It's, it's like the equivalent to that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right. he's got fifteen jet engines. He must have a big one. Like, yeah. yeah. I bet that guy's dark saber is huge. Is huge. Yeah. So I All actually right. have something. If we could go back, like. 25 minutes or so. <laughs> okay, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when you were talking about uh, Newman, what else, what other name did you have for him? Uh, I had Space John Candy. John Space Candy. Space, Candy. Space uh, Newman and Space Jonah Hill. Yeah. Space Jonah. I actually wrote <laughs> down Millhouse. No. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Space Millhouse. That's actually pretty good too. I thought it was worth going back for that. And him constantly being like, um, I don't want to do anything that you guys want me to do. Like I just want to <laughs> go back to being in jail safely. Yeah. At whatever my job is that I got through nepotism. Well, it's funny because he like actually had a role on that planet, and then you briefly find out that he screwed over Grief Karga. And was on the run, and that's why there was the bounty out for him. And so now he's paying off his debt by working. Like, also, I don't know another another half-assed thing of like yeah. explaining this dude's backstory of no, why no, he's no, no, back. No. Like, you I know? actually appreciate that they gave him a backstory. I'm fine with that. But like, to just like they had the funny joke the first time, right? He's like, "What if I knocked a hundred years off your sentence?" And you're like, "Oh, okay, oh, that's my cool." God. But then he How about another like, 30? Yeah, he uses it like Scooby Snacks throughout the episode. He's like, yeah. what about 30 more years? What about 50 years? What yep. if I just let you go right now? Like, okay. And that just is that character's quest on the RPG. That's the side quest when you turn into that character. You go pick up years off your sentence. You have to go find See, a 10-year medal and a 20-year medal and a 30-year no. medal. <laughs> that's where I put the game down because I'm like, you know what? At this point, they're just artificially extending the playtime of this thing, and I'm done with it. This is this is Donkey if Kong I, 64 all over again. Well, if <laughs> I want, if if I want my playtime artificially extended, I'll just stick to playing Destiny, which I already do. <laughs> so I don't need another game or TV show that does that. Yeah, um, oh, I really man. liked when they showed like the security room of that 
that imperial base it was very 1960s aesthetic like almost like cardboard looking window sets and like a matte painting behind a window it was very cool like muted colors i really like they but made it, it look like old yeah for exactly. sure it looked old yeah looked like uh return of the jedi era star wars stuff yeah um i i did i did like the the layout of the base i didn't necessarily like the fact that they were driving the speeder up and they're like the mithril's like where are we going and he's carl's like the front door and you're like what yeah. And so they it, it go almost, to this front door that has no troopers looking at it. There's no well, little ball that comes out that goes, oh, because the, the controls are melted. So they haven't been, it's fallen into disuse, Josh, obviously. And that, and that dumbass blue guy could break into it. You're telling me. He couldn't. That, he didn't break in. They got the thing off the guy that fell down. Like he was, she, he's standing there trying to cut it. And she's like, what is taking so long? And he's like, because this is a bad tool and a very difficult door. Oh, okay. I must have, I must have not paid attention to that. I was, I was too, I was too taken aback by the like, let's go to the front door. Oh, Mando says, I'll be right back. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you called it with the stormtrooper falling. I also had that same. Like as soon as yeah. he flies up, I'm like, oh, okay, someone's gonna It'll fall happen. down. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then you hear the screaming from the top. You know, getting quiet, getting louder, louder, louder. But it was, <sighs> I mean, the whole the whole scene there on the base, right, was clearly meant to be like, here's the here's this show's version of a Death Star, a daring Death Star rescue, right? Like, yeah, the base, they got to walk around this very narrow walkway. Yeah. Um, the first, I wrote down as soon as they showed all the lava that was powering the base, I just wrote, is Anakin down there? <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody think that looked very similar to A New Hope when they were walking around, when they were, like, in the Star Destroyer or wherever it was, like, kind of the end yep. of A New Hope? Yep. It was like they had that console sitting on a triangular, like, circular thing, and they made mm-hmm. him walk around that very narrow walkway the same way, and then it was weird though that they would give like that almost prestigious act of like pressing the imperial buttons on the other side of the console that Kenobi did in the first movie. They would just give it to like Space Newman, <laughs> fiddle with and potentially screw up. Like, but yeah, it was. I think it was definitely shot on purpose that way. Uh, yeah, I agree. You're you're definitely right. Like it's it's meant to be a love letter to that scene. There was there was a, g- a good amount of callbacks. I feel like to like you said with with the backdrops and the way the base looked. Yeah. With um, oh man, the the Kenobi, yeah, him <sighs> turning down the controls to blow up the base. I don't know. Well, and how the console is like sort of difficult to get to, but not like dangerous to get to. Mm. Like that's at an awkward angle. Like just out of where you could land your foot if you reached far but it's not like bad but like and, and this is another is scene where carl weathers you're like dude shut up because he's just like hurry up hurry up yeah. hurry like i don't know I, the, yeah i just i don't care about those characters like i like carl weathers the actor a lot but i don't care about the characters um and i don't <clears> care <throat> about uh grief karga the good guy. I care about Grief Karga, yeah. 
the puck giving bounty serving like underlord you know i don't i don't don't give a shit about the the one that wants to blow up an imperial base or whatever like no dude right and give give me some bounties well and you can't have i mean i guess you can but like you shouldn't just tell the same story every time in star wars that's why people were sick of the new trilogy like you're just doing that again and yeah like i said up to this point mandalorian has avoided a lot of those pitfalls so i'm i'm willing to look past it as a casual fan of this episode because i don't think it's ruined and i don't think it's gonna you know, oh, be ruined or anything no. like that it was just sort of a misstep um i do have a question about stormtrooper training um when they're trained to guard like junctions in hallways <laughs> are they told like a juncture in a hallway means there is more than one direction that people could be accessing <laughs> from. So you should not stand next to each other facing the same direction with your back turned to the other three directions. Like if you could stand with your back to the to one of the corners and still see every direction and be lazy, right? So like why do the stormtroopers specifically only guard one direction of a four-way hallway with their backs? It's just one of those things where it's like all right, I'm not supposed to notice that because I'm supposed to be 12. (laughs) I had similar thoughts regarding that same scene. The Mandalorian, uh, Din Djarin, he was preventing his guys from going in that direction. He wanted to not go that way. Why does he ever avoid a fight? Right. Why does he ever avoid a fight? Like, sometimes he's avoiding fights. Sometimes he's getting blaster shots, and it means absolutely nothing to him. Sometimes he's charging headlong into 10 stormtroopers and they have like heavy artillery and he's throwing these thermal detonators at him. Yeah. And, and he just stands up afterwards and he has to like stumble a little bit. And all of a sudden, but in this one, why is he ever avoiding a fight? Yeah. And this one, he's like, oh, three guys, wait. Let's go a different way. Well, we can't do this. Three guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do- it's way too many. Yeah. And they're stormtroopers. What are you like this episode? Here's the thing, Ricky, a hundred percent right directly into my next point, which is even in this episode, they go to the trouble to establish that stormtroopers are not a threat, which is like, why would you do that with your main like antagonistic force? Like, why would you specifically go, most of these guys are incompetent? Like, we're going to literally show some of them crashing, just leaving the base. Like, they didn't even get down the hill. <laughs> yeah, in my in my like, notes, I have stormtroopers being stormtroopers. They really remind me of the... Who were the the people in Power Rangers? Putties. The putty Patrol. Putties. Yeah. yeah. Patrol. <laughs> the stormtroopers are the putty patrol <laughs> of Star Wars. But, like, but like what purpose does it serve to constantly undermine the tension of your most prevalent antagonistic force like i just don't i guess it's so that when they show him off gideon you're like oh no he's something to worry about but i don't know as a casual fan i'm like why are they just admitting that most of these guys suck but maybe it's to maybe it's because um it's an rpg right and well first level enemy that you fight is the really crappy skeleton who is a stormtrooper. <laughs> then you yes. upgrade to speeder skeletons, which are really crappy. But then when you get to flying skeletons, which are TIE fighters, those things are really loud and scary and they're coming after you. And like, even I knew once the TIE fighters came out, I was like, okay, now there are stakes. Um, 
Although I don't care because I don't care if Grief Karga and Cara Dune die or Space Newman. Like all three of those characters could die, and I would not care at all. Like, it, and and the story wouldn't change at all. So that's right. kind of a problem for me. <laughs> right. You know, I I think it, they were emphasizing the point of what Gideon was making at the end of this episode. What they kind of showed him um, doing. Snoke suit. Um, well, no, that's that's different. The, I don't know. The, the it's the the dark. Oh man, we're getting so far ahead in this. Um, Are we though? Because like nothing else happens in this episode. You're right. Until you're the right. end. I know. <laughs> uh, dark troopers. <laughs> oh my god. Every time I say something you around you. Every time I say something around you that I think is like, oh yeah, this is this is the name, and then I say it out loud, and I'm like. Oh my god, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> but like every time, like even earlier today, the, the aqualish thing. And I said I was like, oh, they're aqualish. And I look up and I look at you and I was like, oh yeah, that was really stupid. <laughs> but I, so Dark Troopers is but what I, But how did you forget that name Dark Trooper? Because that's like <laughs> I I I don't know. All right. Maybe Death Trooper, Dark. Tr- <sighs> uh, the anyway. effort that this writing team goes to, man, is just. But it's not them. They're pulling from other media, I... from other Star Wars media. You know, they're. I know, but come on. They could rename it, but. Oh, yeah, don't give me that shit. Because Disney specifically said none of this is canon anymore. So what they have the yeah. opportunity to do is go, okay, I'm it's, taking this, I'm changing the stupid name, and I'm going to make it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> isn't it kind of star wars mo though it is i got so excited about that that i dropped my notes oh, God. <laughs> uh i did like how on our way into the base uh blue man says well marauder you know how much we could get on the black market for that it's, it's kind of a shout out to the actual toy of that ship because they came out with the stormtrooper uh, carrier van, I guess is what I would call it. Stormtrooper Marauder. But uh, they came out with that back in the 70s, but it was never in any films or anything. And so it's gotcha. it ended up being worth a lot of money. And people that have it so, now kind of can, you know, if they want to sell it, it's worth a lot of money. So I thought that was kind of a cool callback to the fact that... I like that. Not only is that old in the universe, but it's also like old for fans and stuff and people who remember they know. Um, um I do not like about? well, I Go wanted ahead. I wanted to get into while they're on the base, the Kara, Grief, and, and Mithril are the worst three characters together. I just wanted to like further your point of not caring yeah. about them. Believe not me. only are they kind of pointless, except for for grief like he could come in to play a little bit more he could be a mole for the empire i kind of think he is a mole for the empire that he's working for moff gideon and that he's gonna end up the mechanic was in his employ right right i i just i really think something's up with him that that we don't know about um because otherwise we don't need that character at all right right and yeah, Karen Mithril are expendable, but they're also awkward together. I don't I don't I don't feel like they need to ever have another episode 
where they're all three in the same yeah carl carl is not in a lot of stuff anymore and and i love him but there's probably a reason for that yeah i don't think i'm not a hundred percent that the actress who plays cara dune has been in a lot of other stuff and horatio sands is like there to be a funny guy so right there's no tension with those characters. They have no relationship to each other. Like the only right. reason that those that Grief Karga and Cara Dune are together is because we're told that they're together. Like, right? Like, look here they are. And we're like, okay, sweet. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. I guess that it works. Like, I'm not against it. It's just like it's not organic either. So, right. I remember that they had really shitty banter when they were fighting against the stormtroopers or whatever like it was like a really sarcastic like you gotta cover me while she was running away and yeah. it was like i've never We're trapped you yeah. don't say yeah. like <sighs> it was really um, bad awkward it was just it was supposed to be banter she, work she stumbled all over that um what are you waiting for an invitation mm-hmm. like oh yeah. honey there's you want to put a pause right there like what are you waiting for? An invitation? Like, yeah. Come on. <sighs> this is this is basics. St- and again, I'm not here to say that I would do a better job because I probably wouldn't. But it was not great. But they could have <laughs> taken more than one shot. <laughs> yeah. Just do like this is takes. Us- yeah, do a lot of takes. Like she's probably not that busy. <laughs> right. And maybe that's what what this is about cuz I feel like it was a little rushed. I feel like this episode was kind of rushed as far as how yeah. they put it together, how they filmed it, all that stuff or something. Um, um, so let's, but let's talk about the, I was going to say that the meat, character. the meat and fucking potatoes of this story is right about where, right about where we're at, where they get to yeah. um, the control panel, I guess. Or First of all, what were those Imperials doing with, the, was it a switchboard? Was it uh it looked like a tablet kind of and he's just like banging on it and then they're like fuck it, just break it all and they just destroy the whole thing. He was trying to uh because the Imperials don't have a great track record with like file security and industrial espionage. They're like You're right. We you know what? Let's just destroy things instead of hope that somebody deleted it correctly or password protected at this time. Like, we'll just destroy stuff and rebuild it because every time we don't, the rebels are like, oh, hey, here's the exact plans for that thing. So they're like, mm, no, just break it. But yeah. the character and the hologram, right, that they see that gives it like the expedition, the exposition for this episode, he's from the first season. He's like a reluctantly evil doctor. Like he enjoys being <laughs> evil, but also knows that it's wrong or something. <laughs> like, I can't figure out the tone on that guy. He's like reluctantly, I had to do this terrible thing that I love. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're so confusing, man. Yeah, like are you evil or are you being made to act evil? Like, yeah, I don't. That character is confusing, but I like his cool glasses. <laughs> yeah, the uh, this is where they introduced the. It looked like a Snoke clone. Did you guys get that vibe that it was yeah, a Snoke clone? Soup. Um, but Josh, you may have noticed that that character said M count. I that's in my notes. To, I'm going to attempt to show you my notes. I don't know if this is going to work, but 
just oh man it's like i'm never gonna let josh live this down like they're doubling down they're like nope it's metachlorians that's what it is it's always been let me i'll uh i'll double you on that here because if you can see uh let's see if you can see my notes Nope. Uh, you can't see it, but it says no. M count and rolly eyes, a bunch of rolly yeah. face eyes. Like, yeah. Yeah. That I... was, yeah. Even the show knows whatever that, that word in the show, right? The show's like, do whatever. not say midichlorian. You can say something that refers to that, but you cannot say that word. What? <laughs> because you use what word midichlorian? Yeah. It just seems like they don't want people to say it in Star Wars because Star Wars fans were notoriously like, that's the dumbest thing ever. And I can't say I disagree. <laughs> okay. It, I gotcha. So they don't it, want to talk about magic cells in your body that make you a space wizard. Right. <laughs> yes. Your space wizard. It, it's, it's because they're, tr- it's, it feels like they're trying to give some sort of science to the magic, which is like, you don't need that dude. Like, well, okay. specifically, don't need that. It's it's space magic is fine. It functions fine as space magic. There doesn't need to be, and it also takes away from um, people just working hard to be special, right? Because now Luke Skywalker didn't just work hard to be special; he just had good genes. So it's like, right. okay, now this is a shitty story. <laughs> like, if I feel like. That's well, you know, maybe that I feel like that might be where some Star Wars fans are coming from when they're like, I hate Metachlorians. Why did we do this? There's no reason for this. This is this is where it gets kind of the, the, the waters get a little muddy because it seems like they're trying to incorporate Mandalorian with the sequel trilogy. They're right. trying to bring the this is like the prequel, prequel, prequel to episode seven and Snoke right. and all of that. Like this is you know they're they're experimenting on um, many people with mini chlorians or or aliens with mini chlorians to see if they can make a clone to see if they can then transfer the essence of the empire that is probably in some jar somewhere in Moff Gideon's like medicine cabinet. So to and, me, is it's and maybe this is obvious and it's been stated and I wasn't paying attention, but is it is it? Um, that Snoke is a failed Palpatine clone? It seems to be that way. Because um, the guys in the soup looked a lot like Snoke. Like, they well, were very crumbly and not well-formed. And I want cheap. to... Th- this is... This all, to me, what I'm about to do all but confirms that this is the beginning stages of Snoke. Um... So I'm just going to play a little excerpt from season from episode four here. And you got to listen carefully to the music in the background. I'm going to turn it up a little bit so you can hear the music in the background, but just, just listen, listen carefully here. If, if it'll work. Eh. What's up? You said this was a forward operating base. I thought it was. No, this isn't a military operation. 
This is a lab. We need to get into the system and figure out what's going on. What about the reactor? Do it! So you hear you hear the music in, in the background, right? You mm -hmm. hear the, the voices and stuff like that. So if you look up, if you listen to Snoke's actual theme. It is pretty good. Very, very identical yep. to to what's in Mandalorian. Behind when they're, yeah. Yeah, so to me, it feels that, pretty clear because they were like, here's a crumbly guy with a partially caved in body. He's sitting in a clone tank. Right. He's bigger than normal. Um, right. Rarely. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely. It was interesting that in a single episode, um, filled with characters nobody cares about that they would choose that episode to go i'm gonna reach simultaneously to the sequel trilogy and back to the prequel trilogy by saying this is probably snoke and also because of metachlorians right so, they cool tied a lot of do. stuff they it was like a yeah. full circle thing in this episode in yeah, in a matter of like a minute yeah that's what i was saying earlier like great lore episode great story dump yeah not a great episode <laughs> right great idea poor execution i feel like and that's where it kind of, of why would you give carl weathers this episode like i feel like this episode has so much depth to it that could have been explored a little bit more and just maybe maybe caught my attention a little bit more could be and so i don't know maybe maybe, maybe i'm just i don't know complaining to complain but i just feel like it was very new it was a very like i said amateur kind of episode a rookie episode i guess it felt very tv and not very streaming service um, yeah but <laughs> so they get out of this base they get the lord dump they escape from this base they're running away here's a couple of questions i have about them running away so when he's in that gunner seat right and he's oh. turned around and he's he's firing the gun why is it that the aiming computer is like this far away from his face, but behind the aiming computer is just an open window? So like, <laughs> you don't need it. And they establish that specifically because later when the thing crashes, he has to jump so that he doesn't get killed by falling debris. Right. So like, what are you using the aiming computer for? Use the, the window that is open in front of you to look at the thing and shoot it. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I I hate I Star ask, Wars. I ask about gunners. that, Josh. I ask about that because it's also shown specifically that the Tie Fighters lock on and then miss three or four shots. <laughs> it's like beep, 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 beep. miss, 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 miss. Like, what, <laughs> what is the lock for? Well, sorry, Ricky. What were you saying? They're evading. I was just gonna say, take <laughs> evasive. <laughs> Carl Weathers said, take evasive. So. Cara Dune was taking evasive and right, but that's obviously what the computer is for. Because if they were just going in a straight line, you would just shoot them. If they're taking evasive maneuvers, that's what you use a tracking computer for to lock on. Which hey, is what man, lock not on. not all computers are as smart as you think they are. Okay, some of them computers be just as dumb. So, so it's not a computer; it's just like a digital representation of a picture. It's just a photograph of the outside. It's not even a. It's not even a computer. It's a viewfinder. It's looking. 
He's looking through the viewfinder on his camera phone out a window. Like, yeah, that's why he couldn't. That's why he couldn't hit anything is because there was a little bit of delay on his camera phone. So that's his own damn fault. I hated that, too, because he he it seemed like he was locking onto the TIE fighters, but he kept shooting at the cliffs. I was like, are you trying to get the debris to hit the TIE fighters oh, yeah. or Again, a lot what's of going spots on where here? They were like, had they just had him go, I'm just trying to get him scuttled with rocks, you know, that it would yeah. be like, oh, okay. You know, or had him be like, had him say that, but show that it's like, no, his eyesight's going because he's getting old and it's hard for him to admit that. <laughs> you could have even had the blue like, guy in there who's blind yeah. in the left eye still, who could be like, I can't see the ships very well because I'm still blind in my left eye. That would have made so much more sense than having Carl Weathers be like, I'm just a bad shot. <laughs> like, or like maybe Kara Dune, who's a trained military gunner, could <laughs> take up the gunner seat. Like when he turned around and he's like, you want to come back here and try this? Why wasn't she like, yes, that was yeah. my job in the military. <laughs> yeah, come switch. Like, they could have shot through was, all the giant open windows also. That's yeah. true. Yeah. there's. It's a poorly designed tank. Like you don't want to transport anything important in that tank because it's full of windows. Like, Are you being IG-11 right now? I feel like <laughs> I feel like that would be a perfect droid to have in that ship. It was just, oh, yeah, exactly. But it was like, it was just, yeah. It, I get it, right? Like, there's stuff about it that could have been really cool. They just, they screwed it up. And, or, or maybe they didn't I screw do, it up. They just they didn't put enough something to it. Something to it. They didn't. I'll agree with that, that, that the whole ship was shitty. But I did like the speeder chase of that episode, of, of the episode. Speeders have always been kind of my favorite thing of star wars since i was a kid like jedi was always one of my favorite movies and it was because of that speeder chase the noises that the speeders made like just and then hearing that in this episode really brought back a lot of nostalgia and so i think just just that particular part of the scene where the speeder bikes are behind them and they're trying to shoot those guys and then you know the stormtroopers were a little more um innovative in this one because they you know, they were like, oh, we're getting shot. Let's speed ahead a little bit. And then I'm going to jump on the tank and try and throw a grenade in there. And like it, it was a pretty cool scene up until after that, pretty much when the TIE fighters came in, that's when it started to slip when, when he's like, yeah, take evasive and I'm just going to shoot the cliffs. And then, yeah, it, yeah, it feels uh, like they should have. And okay. So I will say when the Mando, you know, at the end of that chase, the chase ends well, and then the rest of the episode is pretty cool. Right? Yeah, oh, I hang on. Before we, I just want to say, in my notes, I have, take evasive, I got this. You clearly don't got this. What are you even shooting at, Carl? At first, thought he was trying to hit the ties with the falling rocks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why is he sorry. just lying to these people? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It, here, and like I said, the payoff, you know, when Mando shows up is really cool. That's really good. They should have just done it like two and a half, three or four minutes earlier. Like, mm-hmm. just cut that chase short a little bit. And you know what? Well, maybe, maybe just here's how they fix it. Don't show the guys who crash because they were leaving. Um, don't show like them whittling them down and chasing them and getting ahead of them and climbing on top of the thing. Just show them getting chased for a little bit by speeder bikes, then have the ties come out, then have Mando show up. 
Like you yeah. can cut that chase down way, way short. Or they or they could have substituted that stuff you were talking about with more Mando versus the TIE fighters in the canyon, like flying right. around a little bit more, doing um, a little more I still, of that. I probably would have complained though, even with that. There was too like, much. No, because it's get out of the canyons. Why is it always a canyon? It's always a canyon. <laughs> You're Every right. planet in this Star Wars universe has canyons designed for ship dogfights. I don't understand. Yeah. But anyways. I did like this. ship showed up. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and this was this episode's uh, Ex Machina. Because uh, apparently every episode is going to have an Ex Machina. Yep. I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, episode oh, yeah. three had like two or three Max Machinas, like with the with the bounty hunters. But this one was a little bit better because it was Mando showing up to save the day instead of someone showing up to save him. Right. Um, I and agree. I loved, I loved how he flies in, and you see him, and he looks at the child, and he's like, "Hang on, kid." And that's when you see like the kid eating the blue milk wafers. And yeah, he's so, just and that's this. He's like in a roller coaster because they're flying all crazy, and he's just got his hands up and he's like and having a good time. Like, so for me, this is where the episode, like, this is what made the episode the payoff. I'm mad about it, right? Yeah, I'm mad because this was in it. Um, the first shot where he looks through in the monocular or whatever it is at Mando's ship, it's like this little flitting bird in the distance oh yeah beautiful and i will point out ricky i think in these this series of shots here this is where the razor crest looks the most like serenity that it has the entire series it's got the angles it's got the speed it's got like that short zoom feel to it you know where it's like this was shot on a on a video camera or something right um and yeah it's it's just do you have do you have anything queued up, Josh? Did we get a sound queued up for shot of the show? Because my shot of the show is coming right up here. <laughs> um, no, but I could really quick. I mean, okay. do you do you know where it's at in the show? Or are you just oh, talk- I was just gonna say play a sh- play that Han Solo blaster sound like clang? Oh my goodness! No, I don't have that queued up at all. I totally forgot. All right, well, uh, but I can get it. I can get it. Yeah, pr- pretend that you like kapang, like you heard a Han Solo blaster shot. Well, I know that's not how it sounds, but I don't care. First, I mean, My... we gotta we we talked about it briefly last week. We talked about doing this uh, sound of the, or what shot of the week is what you said. Shot of the show. And shot of the show. Okay, so shot of the show then. Um. So, do you? Well, okay. So for me, it. I really thought it was gonna be when he does this the, he pulls straight up behind the tie fighter and shoots the guy vertically from behind and then he stalls it and you think he's gonna start dropping back down backwards but instead mm. he turns it around Flips and it. It drives and yeah. i thought that that was gonna be my shot of the show it was not my shot of the show happens two or three shots later when he's doing the corkscrew of death into the other tie fighter that's flying straight at him and oh that yeah shot from way out and it's almost in slow motion, and he just like it shows his emotionless helmet face, and he's like, and trigger, 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 and I'm a happy boy. Everybody goes home. It right. Was just beautiful shot, very wide. The two ships, opposite corners of the screen, almost like uh, the hands on on 
the creation painting, right? Like they're almost <laughs> touched right in the middle as they exploded. It was beautiful. That was my shot of the show. And that's Jesse's shot of the show. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. How about that? that makes me really happy. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. It means a lot. Uh, um, yeah, I, I did. You're right. The whole last scene was definitely a good payoff. And I, I would say even from when Mando comes in and starts. So, so I just started blasting, right? When he comes oh in God. and starts blasting. <laughs> And from then on to the very end of the episode is pretty much why this episode existed. Was why it works. Yep. Why the the ship and then going back to Moff Gideon, seeing um, them talk about the tracker, them mm-hmm. talking about the new era, which is interesting to me because that's a book thing. Um, that was in the aftermath series. They kept talking about the new era, and mm-hmm. so. Um, it's it's cool to see them incorporate that. Um, but what was I going to say here? Uh, oh, yeah, this is where you find out Red Alien is evil Red Alien because he puts the tracker on the ship. Right. Now, the thing that I'm most curious about is they want the child to take his M count from his blood, right? But what they were saying is that these clones are not reacting to the child's blood. It's not reacting properly or, and that they're, yeah. they're dying. So now they're on this hunt for the child, but conveniently enough, Mandalorian is on his way to Ahsoka who just so happens to be a humanoid like creature that also has an M count. If you will. So now, I see where you're going and I like it, but I was under the impression, just to clarify, I was under the impression that it wasn't that the blood wasn't working because there was something wrong with it. It was that he couldn't get enough without killing the child because it was too young. And maybe that's that's what it was. They didn't have enough and that it wasn't uh, reacting because there wasn't enough. Right. So in theory, if he finds an older Jedi, a la Sokatano, Mm -hmm. then he could probably get more blood out of one of those without um, killing them. I recently watched The Rise of Skywalker, by the way. Um, that was Where's my movie. Where's but my clap thing? It makes, it, seem, <laughs> it makes it seem like I don't have to worry if anybody gets killed in Star Wars ever again. Uh, maybe, that, maybe I took the wrong message from that movie. Hey man, Ahsoka was thought to be dead in Rebels too. So, yeah, they they I'm sure she was. They tentatively killed her off in season two of Rebels, and then brought her back in season four via time travel. But really that's that's the um, Tasha Yar of the Star Wars universe, where she's like, I don't want to be in this anymore, except for like every once in a while for the rest of my career. yeah right um but yeah where i was going with that is i think they're gonna get to ahsoka they're gonna have their meeting like you know the next episode will probably be them meeting up with each other because what is it episode five of eight so after this there's three more to go so you meet with ahsoka or you know it's probably him searching for ahsoka in this next episode and she shows up at the very end 
and they finally meet at the very end. So then episode six will be Ahsoka and him going on their little side quest adventure. And then episode seven, Moff Gideon shows up and then there'll be some sort of battle between um, Ahsoka and Moff Gideon where Ahsoka will see the dark saber and then that's, she's going to bring Sabine. And there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff that could happen right now, but to stay a little bit more on track, I think that Moff Gideon's going to see Ahsoka and then start his hunt for her instead, because oh, gotcha. there's going to be more. She has more blood to use for his she's clones. She's a better source. Correct. Um, so Star Wars continues its uh, affection for blue fluid by having the child throw up his Neko wafers. Which I yes. Cool. Yes. That um, was adorable. <laughs> One thing that I noticed in this episode that I probably noticed before and just didn't write down. Um, this series makes really, really amazingly good use of one piece of music. And that's the theme, right? Well, this they keep changing it that, around and making right, it different they according have, to where like, they're at. Yeah, there's like five or six variations on that theme in this episode, and they're all... <laughs> 30 Rock, Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's a couple other shows that are really known for doing that. Take I mean, the, the theme tune and just like re like reorganize it or like faster, change it. They reorganize it, they make it slower, exactly. uh, just repurpose it, and they work it in. Yeah, yeah they do. they do an amazing job with this like when it was like the creepy version where they were you know trying to like sneak around and figure stuff out that was really well done um it's 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 really impressive to me actually just that they would be able to get that much versatility out of one piece um and then of course you know after it all goes down and we see mando's cool new ship which is very cool um the two Cara Dune and Grief Kaga are like, hey, do you want to hang out? And Mando's like, no, no. I'm going to, I don't even, like, even I am bored of you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm out. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm so thankful that he did not stay for another episode. Because yeah. I would have been upset. I honestly would have been upset and been like, I'm going to wait until Josh tells me if the next episode is any good before I watch it. Usually I just watch it because I know that <laughs> we're going to talk about it. But like, if, if there's a bad one at some point, I'm gonna like I'm gonna get partway through, turn it off, and then do the podcast with you, like in that state, like having stopped partway through and I'd be very upset. But oh god, that that, that didn't happen. So <laughs> well, that's good because I don't I don't think that we're gonna see them again until maybe maybe the last episode, maybe, but I really yeah. doubt it. And and I think the the only reason we'd see, and and I'm picking. Grief Karga as the one we'll see because I still think he's working for Gideon. I still think yeah. he's kind of a spy for him. So I think well, he'll come he, back in that way. You probably don't just get an episode directing job and credit if they're like, all right, so yeah, we'll let you do that Peace. even though it's it's your last interacting with the series. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. And then it and then it just to kind of drive my my point home of Moff Gideon working for someone else. Like you got Karga who has his little mechanic who works, you know, mechanic works for Karga. Karga works for Gideon. And I still think Gideon works for somebody else. It might not necessarily be Thrawn, but I think especially after <sighs> we meet Ahsoka 
and Ahsoka inevitably has her ex machina moment to save mm -hmm. the Mandalorian from getting his head cut off by the dark saber. That's when Moff Gideon gets defeated by Ahsoka. They, you know, I, I, I would even, I would even almost bet a, uh, that someone gets their a limb cut off. Moff Gideon maybe gets his hand cut off, right? But so will then he replace he, it with mechanical hand? That's the question. Probably, but next week. but I think that they're gonna bring Gideon down to a point. He's gonna get defeated by Ahsoka, but right. still need to get Ahsoka, and he's gonna get to this point where he has to contact his boss, and his boss is gonna pull the Thanos move and be like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. And come out of the shadows and like take over, and you know then Gideon will kind of take that side role, and and we'll get the real big bad to come out. It's just setting up a little too easily, and if this episode is any indication of how predictable the Mandalorian can be, because the episode pretty predictable as far mm -hmm. as goes, um, then I would I would almost. <sighs> 85% <laughs> think that, well, that, that that's what we're going to start seeing. That's a good percentage. And you know what? It's way higher than the percentage I gave to this episode as my rating. I gave this episode a 5 out of 10. And to me, that's still an F, but it's a high F. And it, it's not an unwatchable F, um, but it's, it's not great. I would say yeah. I probably think uh, this is the weakest episode I've seen in this entire series, like both seasons. Um, yeah, which sucks because the last Caradoon, the first Caradoon episode of the of the first season was great. It was a yep. really really good episode. It had like that uh, Kurosawa Seven Samurai style vibe almost. Yeah, and it was just it was you know this one is like a shitty heist episode of a shitty heist TV show. <laughs> like, I don't know. But it and wasn't they didn't even, even a, steal anything. <laughs> yeah, they just I don't know. Broke to be in their base, like they didn't blow it diary. up. Yeah, well, they and they they brought more attention to them as well by the Republic because you had X wings there later that were asking Way questions, later. snooping yeah. around about it, and the guy even said, "You know, I something's going on out here, and we're gonna figure out what it is." Um, yeah, which it seems like it's an interesting choice to not go, you know what? You guys seem like you're mostly just against the Empire, so here's the information I have. Let's be against the Empire together. It's more like, yeah. no, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help anybody, even if it kills us. I don't care. Like, why wouldn't everybody just work together against the Empire? Hasn't that been shown to work? <laughs> yeah, because everyone's got to have a chip on their shoulder, you know? I guess. A, a but... space chip. Yeah, uh, Ricky, what would you rate this episode? I would probably give it seventy percent, seven out of ten. Okay, really? it wasn't awful. It was definitely worth watching. Mandalorian isn't a bad show, but it yeah. definitely falls. Yeah, I can see that. It's a it's a very felony esque episode as far as like because there's a ton of these in Rebels and Clone Wars and all that stuff that. Just the, the you, junk episode. You, that yeah, a little bit of story. you know, originally you have a higher or lower score than me being somebody who cares more about 
like the property as a whole? Well, originally I had this episode rated at a 7 out of 10, uh, 70%. But as the day has gone on, because I watched this episode when it first came out last night and then this morning, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting getting ready and stuff. So the, as the day went on and the more I talked about it with other people, um, I would probably drop it to a 6.5. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't, I wasn't interested. I didn't care. Yeah. Uh, I could have skipped. It's uh, what, what, what is a good, another good episode? I, I think the, I know a lot of people like it from season one, but the prison episode with Bill Burr, I skip oh, that really? one every time. I skip really? it every time. It's just, it's fluff but it's fun fluff like Eh. it's but i don't care it's a reversal of the trapped with the killer thing yeah i i really want a bilber action figure with the little gun that pops out of his back i really want that action figure don't get me wrong i liked his character i hated that part of the story though i think this is that episode of this (laughs) season that once i go watch it again i'll just I'll be like, oh, right, this one. Let's fast that's forward. A, that's surprising, though, because like to me, that episode at least has more fun in it than this episode. No, I don't care about any of the characters in it, but there's stuff happening that's like, oh, that was cool. Um, yeah. This character, like I said, even at the end, Mandalorian is like, I don't even I don't care, care about these characters. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm out. This is, yeah. this is, I thought Tatooine was the worst planet. It turns out Dave Navarro is the worst planet because <laughs> I don't want to be on the planet. <laughs> Yeah, and even the speeder chase, like I said, that is one of my favorite things. <clears throat> excuse me, of all Star Wars, is the speeders. Love that stuff. But even, even that, I don't save it for you. Huh? I don't. I don't think that would. And it's all because of that stormtroopers being stormtroopers bullshit and and hitting each other and blowing up. Like, give me a break, really. Yeah. Like come at some, on. Like at some point, right? Like you have to make if a series if a property is going to make fun of itself. It has to do it in the right way, which is interesting yeah. because I feel like they did it in the right way in this episode when they went, you know, oh, you know how much we get for this thing that used to be a toy on the black market? Like, that's an excellent reference. It's right. like really well done and it's poking fun at the fans without being a dick to the fans. It's it's and just then, subtle enough to work yeah. where the other and things they, are just like, hey, you remember how stormtroopers suck? Poof, there you right. go. Like It was like, I expect to see that in like a animated comedy version of star wars which i would be okay with um well this episode i just sent you that picture this i again i feel like this this one was so half-assed because even that picture there's a still of grief and kara shooting their guns and there's like a stage man behind them he's in his like t-shirt and shorts and he's got a watch on like he's just watching them yeah yeah uh, like, how are you gonna let that slip that's some lord of the rings bullshit right there like that's some uh, amateur thinking, hour stuff you're thinking game of thrones but yeah no i'm thinking lord of the rings in uh fellowship of the ring when they're walking through the cornfields and you see the car drive by in the background yeah you know, what? I'm thinking of that. you know what you cut lord of the rings some slack that was a movie that was made in a physical location with thousands of extras game of thrones was correct yeah because they had eight people on screen yes they had eight people on screen and they had how did that get 
true. And they had plastic <laughs> bottles in it. Because there was 1,000 fucking hours of footage for Lord of the Rings, Josh. Yeah, like, but you didn't you didn't sit down so many editors because it took everybody that had ever got an editing degree to edit that movie because there was so much footage. You didn't my sit point down is, before you released that movie and go, man, maybe there's something different. Maybe Boromir should have is, three arrows there instead of two because he got shot three times. Maybe we should take the car out of the back. Come my on. My point is my point is in Lord of the Rings, there are a lot more variables when you're shooting outside with a thousand people that you have to take into account, sure, right? Sure, There's sure, stuff sure. to control. Sure, the Mandalorian sure. is shot on a soundstage in front of a LED screen with 10 people at a time. So there's no Peter excuse. Over here. There just is no excuse. I'm telling you. I don't blame <laughs> no, I I'm, not, I'm not saying having that in the movie is excusable. I'm saying it's more understandable than having it in a TV show that has one main character like, well and just like game of thrones i bet that gets taken out immediately by in the next couple days i bet they edit out that person in the show right, like we could probably go back and yeah. watch it tomorrow and it's going to be edited out of there just well, like game of thrones screenshot. Did. yeah so, <laughs> yeah oh man i'm so glad i got that screenshot but like <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah I, again, I feel like it was a little, little amateur, a little half-assed. It was like, oh, this is the middle of the season. Who's the new director that we could just kind of throw a bone? Carl, here you go. Good luck. Yeah, I don't know. Do this cool. show. This is like the episode of Star Trek stuff, but it's not always working out. <laughs> this is like the episode that Dave Filoni took off, and it even shows that when the Rebels or when the Republic is on the planet later, you don't see Dave Filoni. He was off that day, so. Oh, yeah. He took off with helping direct as well, not not just being an actor, but he just wasn't there that day. It was also like, hey, if you work in quality control at Disney, take the day off. Don't get <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So Jesse, you said a what? A five? Five out of ten? Yeah, you give it a five. Yeah. Okay. And Ricky, you gave it a seven. I gave it a six point five. So we're on at about a. 6.5 average Six. i would say 6.3 something like that um which which makes sense um did you guys have anything else that you wanted to talk about with this episode i what? invented something last night while i was watching this episode <laughs> uh, I, I so I announcement i have looked into it this has not been invented yet it's a star wars sleep app <laughs> So it's like those uh, like white noise machines that uh, do rain or wind or you know all those different things. But it's like mm-hmm. lightsabers powering up and powering down, lightsabers whooshing around, blaster noises, speeder noises. <laughs> Josh was just saying how much he loves speeder noises. Yeah, I don't think I could fall asleep to speeder noises. You would not fall asleep to. <laughs> now, I, I could I fall asleep to the Snoke theme. I think you could do it no. in a way that it's a sleep app. You know what I think, Ricky? What you need to do is just take a video of this episode and have it play repeatedly in the <laughs> app. And then anybody who's watching it, after like, they won't even make it the whole way, right? Because they'll be <laughs> already tired when they start watching. And then as soon as they get to the part where uh, Cara Dune shows up, they'll just fall asleep. Instantly. <laughs> Droid noises, Wookiee noises. Oh you know, like you, should do. you should. You should. You should yeah. have. Uh, you should have Wookiees reading you books. Oh, yeah. that's what we should do. 
would you um like Tuscan Raider community theater? Yeah, put it like, like all the different aliens reading you like yeah. the night before Christmas, you know, like yeah, so, I'm so I don't know. Right here. I don't I don't know a hundred percent how cool you are, Ricky, but there is there are a lot of apps and a lot of videos um from Star Trek fans that are just the background uh ambient noise of the ship engines, like a mm. humming white noise of the ship going. And you can find like 10 hour mm. loops of that on mm. YouTube if people use it for sleeping specifically. I thought you were gonna mention something like that, like the like the slow sound of a sand crawler or like you know, here's here's every hyperspace jump sound or something. You can You're buy like, add-ons to my app. <laughs> He's already got add-ons. You'll <laughs> see. You got you're in the right mindset though, because Disney is like, how do we part this out into the most money, and how do we charge everybody that's already heard it for what for hearing it again? So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think if you know, if you, I mean, Josh, we 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 can both do audio editing. I don't think we have the rights to any of this audio. <laughs> no. no, but I don't. you know. If I was actually thinking about this, I would have to copyright the idea and sell the idea to Disney. I think right. you, be- you, yeah, you'd call them and say, hey, I have this great idea. Uh, if you pay me, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> right. I think I think that's how Disney does most of their merchandise. I hope so. Because if they do, they should all merchandising. It's, it's come on, right. Merchandising. Merchandise. Space follows the merchandise. Yeah. Um, I did want to, one last thing I wanted to say um, was it, it was really cool to see the Dark Troopers, although it's a very dumb name, I know. Um, but I, the Dark Troopers in the hallway that Moff Gideon was standing in, you saw those black figures. Um, it's a that callback. Was, to, that shot was poorly constructed because I really had to be like, is that are those the shadows of the beams or are there dudes in those alcoves? Like It was terrible. Was I had of, to like a bad shot. I had to pause and zoom in and do all sorts of shit, but it looks to be a lot like the Dark Troopers, which comes from uh, the Dark Forces game that came out in like 1995, right. I think, on the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, the, they were also in books and stuff like that. Um, these are supposedly going to be <clears throat> a, a recreation of those, um, which were basically exoskeletons for stormtroopers or clones or something yeah, so i wrote so. down are these like um cloned troopers that have sith blood or something i don't those are, i don't think any of those are gonna have sith or or an m count if you will um i will not <laughs> <laughs> but i think they're gonna be either like a new book New type of clone or just new type of armor for the, the stormtroopers and or death troopers from sin one because the death trooper armor comes from uh rogue one which is like 20 years prior to right. this i think 15 years maybe prior to this series so uh you know any feel like they would probably it's want to it's star shit. wars they can say whatever they want about whatever kind of troopers they have yep <laughs> yep and yeah, and it's not I, you're not even gonna name them dark troopers either you know they're gonna name them black storm troopers 
yeah. <laughs> Black Guard or yeah. um, <sighs> Black Regiment or something. Yeah. Just the 501st, it'll be the 502nd. The Black Series. Um, oh. Yeah, so I just, I don't know. It was, it was, it sucked, but it had some fun story in it. And it's okay because if there are 16 episodes of The Mandalorian at the end of season two and one of them sucked, I'm not going to be that upset. Yep. So. I'm uh, I'm with you on that for sure because this is one of the only episodes that I that I didn't like, but I still I still enjoyed aspects of it. It for was sure. it, it wasn't it wasn't a hundred percent useless. Like right, it still had some value. It had some value. Right. Well, with all that being said, um, we had fun tonight at least if, if we didn't have fun watching the whole episode at least we had fun talking tonight um i want to thank you guys for coming on the show and chatting some some mandalorian again um thank you ricky Always for stopping back by thank you for having me absolutely um thank you the listeners for listening thank the watchers for watching um we do this every friday for the mandalorian new episodes i do you want we're getting to the end of this season so i want to start thinking of a different show that we can start reviewing every friday because i've had a lot of fun doing this so if anyone has suggestions, any suggestions yeah. yeah if anyone has any suggestions i for one have never seen firefly if you'd like to see my reactions to firefly um i you know any anything like that let us know hit us up twistmodernpodcast at gmail.com Visit us on all the social medias, Facebook, all that stuff, um, and let us know what you think. If you want to join us on next week's DeLorean, so like Rick did today, you can also send us an email, and uh, I'll make sure to get you set up to be on the show. Um, thanks, everyone, again. We're going to be back next week um, with a... God, we'll have a normal movement podcast next week. And we'll have another Mandalorian show. So, and then, yeah. Jesse, do you have anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, so um, if you do follow the Twist My Arm podcast feed tomorrow, Saturday at some point, depending on when you're listening to this Mando episode, is the first episode of Seasons Within, which is my new podcast with our friend Brianna Myers. So please, please go check that out. We've been putting a lot of love and effort into that, so we would much appreciate it. Other than that, I would say you should be watching CBS All Access instead of Disney+. And I only say that to be contrarian, not because I think one is actually better than the other, although I obviously do think that. Um, but it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys, and I like to be a guest on the MBMT podcast, especially talking fandom. So I will just say, until the next time that I see you guys, you have been and always shall be my friend. Oh, that's that's so that's so awesome. Thank you. Um, yep. Cool. That's uh that's it. We're the Movement Podcast. This is the Mando Friday. My name is Josh. My name is Jesse. My name is Ricky. And we'll talk at you next week.